The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Hello and welcome to the Road World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short and I'm joined as usual here by Drew Silva. What's going on, Drew? Hey man, can, can we make this a, a Jason Tatum podcast today? Okay. <laughs> Just switch over to NBA for a bit? We could do that. <laughs> it's been quite a busy week uh, in the sports world, obviously. Uh, and for us too, we were back at our old stomping grounds at Hardball Talk a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, and also another PED suspension uh, in baseball as well. Uh, not as major as Robinson Cano, but still, I think, a little bit of fantasy fallout here, I think, safe to say. Uh, Wellington Castillo uh, with the White Sox, he signed, actually signed a two-year $15 million deal with them over the winter. Uh, he was hit with an 80-game suspension, became official on Thursday uh, performance enhancing drug use that the drug he used, uh, best known as EPO. And like, if you've heard, you know, cyclists, what they use, uh, over the years, many of them have been caught with that endurance athletes. That's kind of, that kind of thing. That's the drug that he was caught with. Um, Castillo actually was off to a pretty decent start this year. I know catchers, you know, we have to view them on a, on a curve, I guess, grade them on a curve. Uh, he was hitting 267 with six homers, 774 OPS over 33 games. Uh, now he'll be sidelined until late August. So I guess safe to say he could be dropped in, you know, all leagues pretty much. Yeah. And yeah, as far as the fantasy fallout, I mean, obviously it's a tough blow if you're a Castillo owner. He you know, has some power at a position where that's rare. Um, the White Sox called up. 25-year-old catcher Alfredo Gonzalez from AAA Charlotte uh, when Castillo's suspension was made official on Thursday morning, but he's a 163 hitter at AAA, little power to speak of. They claimed Dustin Garneau off waivers from the A's on Thursday afternoon. Uh, He's a 192 career hitter in the majors, 584 career OPS. Uh, Omar Narvaez will take over as Chicago's primary catcher. I don't see see much appeal there either, even in a regular role. He's hitting 180 with a 521 OPS and zero home runs and 70 plate appearances. And there's no indication uh, from his past production in the minors or the majors that he's going to be effective um, offensively. I, I guess the White Sox could take a look at Blake Sweetheart, uh, who's buried on the Red Sox depth chart. But the White Sox are not really trying to contend this year. You know, they have the, one of the worst records in baseball. And, and the Red Sox are apparently asking for uh, 
legitimate prospects in return for Swyart. So I don't think that move would, would make a ton of sense. They have Castillo locked in through 2019. Um, they'll probably just roll with Narvaez uh, and maybe beat the Marlins and Royals and Orioles and Reds to the number one pick in 2019. Just, just go full tank mode. Um, as for replacements in fantasy, uh, if you were a Castillo owner, Jan Gomes is owned in only 14% of Yahoo leagues, has six home runs and a 779 OPS in 32 games this year. Uh, Tucker Barnhart owned in only 15% of Yahoo leagues, has a career high 767 OPS right now. Doesn't have Devin Mezzarocco lurking behind him in the background. Um, there really aren't many good options out there because there just aren't that many offensive-minded catchers. Mezzarocco's actually looked pretty decent yeah. since coming over the Mets. Um, hit the ball really hard. Uh, we know it's going to play you know, pretty regularly, assuming he can stay healthy. Um, so he could be a, a nice dart throw. Uh, you know, Tyler Flowers and Kurt Suzuki are out there in a lot of leagues, but they're going to split time with the Braves, so not a, not a great situation there either. Mitch Garver with the Twins, he's going to play a lot. Um, and he put up some good numbers in AAA last year. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're at this point, we're talking about two catcher mixed kind of names. So nobody's going to save your season. So uh, definitely bummer to lose Castillo, but I don't think it's like a season ender type of thing. You know, it's not the end of the world, basically. But yeah, even, even though he was playing well, he was like, I looked it up. He's like the 12th ranked fantasy catcher. So he's yeah. not really He's not like someone you, you drafted real early. It's not a Robinson Cano situation. At least. Exactly. So uh, let's discuss some more exciting news here. And uh, that's the promotion of Nationals prospect outfielder Juan Soto, which I don't think many people saw coming. Yeah, I mean, and he's something special, man. I, I think the ETA on his arrival was probably late 2018 at earliest, you know, coming into the year. Yeah. Pro- probably looking toward 2019 with him because of the Nationals outfield depth but yeah obviously adam eaton is out at least another month and victor robles who was considered the more mlb ready outfield prospect leading into the year um, made his mlb debut last year but he suffered an elbow injury back in early april and still isn't playing in minor league games yet so yeah here we are with uh the 19 year old soto tearing it up at the major league level and i think making a case to be up for good um he soared through the Nationals minor league system over the first seven weeks of the regular season, batted 362 with a 1218 OPS, 14 home runs, 52 RBIs, and 39 games between low A, high A, and then a little stint at double A. Um, also, three stolen bases in those 39 minor league games. Drew 29 walks. Uh, we've already seen the plate discipline from him since he joined the Nationals. Hit a three-run opposite field bomb in his major, first major league start on Monday. Got, got the Barry Bonds treatment from the Padres the next day. Uh, saw 14 pitches, only two of which were strikes. But didn't try to chase anything and, and instead just drew three walks in that game. He was asked by reporters after that, that three-walk game whether it was hard to stay patient uh, when the Padres weren't giving him anything to hit in his you know second major league start. And his response was, not much because I know the strike zone and the umpires are better up here. So I take I advantage that. of that, <laughs> yeah. which is just a really impressive comment from a 19-year-old. I, I think he's going to be a superstar. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could get complicated when Eaton comes back. As you said, it looks like he's going to miss about another month or so as he comes mm-hmm. back from that ankle surgery. Um, but things can change between now, now and then. Maybe there's another injury in the Nationals outfield. Um, so who knows? 
Um, Maybe they trade like Michael Taylor. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I could I could see it happening, man. He's he's ready. Yeah, I mean, you definitely understand why Soto has been picked up in most competitive fantasy leagues. Uh, he was owned in. 66% of Yahoo leagues as of Thursday afternoon. I'm surprised it's not higher, but um, yeah, I mean, last week I would think his ownership level was probably, I don't know, under 5% in Yahoo leagues or probably lower. Yeah, um, probably lower because there are probably only a handful of like deep roster leagues on Yahoo. Right. Where, where you would be stashing a guy that's that's not going to come up until September, at least we thought. Right. So definitely very, very exciting there. And uh, it's definitely the start of, I mean, we've seen a, a sort of a wave of prospects uh, making their way up through the minors over the past couple of weeks, but it's it's definitely continued this week too. Yeah. Ray's top shortstop prospect, Willie Adamas, was called up from AAA Durham earlier this week with Joey Wendell going on the paternity leave list. And uh, Adamas homered off Chris Sale in his MLB debut on Tuesday. Um, and Sale's probably your AL Cy Young Award frontrunner here in late May. So that obviously very impressive. Uh, but he did strike out in his other three at-bats, and he struck out three more times on Wednesday. So he's one for eight with six strikeouts through his first two major league games. The Rays are planning to send Adamas back down to Durham when Wendell returns this weekend. So there's not really a ton to get excited about from a fantasy perspective here, at least in the immediate sense uh, but I think it's a safe bet that the Domus will be up for good in June or July. Um, and maybe after the race, clear out an everyday role for him with some trades. Adani Hechevaria um, is someone that teams might want to add as, as a guy that's a really good defensive shortstop. Um, Adamus was batting 311 with an 853 OPS, four home runs, 25 RBIs, and three stolen bases in 40 games this season at the AAA level. He's going to be a good one. Yeah, no doubt. Um, another prominent prospect arrival over the past week was uh, outfielder Austin Meadows with the Pirates. Got called up with Starling Marte, uh, hitting the disabled list due to an oblique injury. And Meadows has acclimated himself pretty well so far. Three more hits on Thursday, including another homer. So he's hitting over 400 with three homers and a couple of doubles over six games. So he really doesn't want to go back to AAA. Of course, we thought we'd see Meadows a lot sooner than this, but Injuries and underperformance have gotten in the way. He had an orbital fracture in his right eye in 2016, hamstring injury last year. He was basically a consensus top 10 prospect uh, prior to the 2017 season, but his stock fell in rankings this year. The numbers in AAA really didn't stand out necessarily this year. Uh, He was hitting 294, but only with one homer and 136 plate appearances, but he was 8 for 9 in stolen base attempts, and we know the prospect pedigree. I think the most important thing here is the health. We know he has the talent, um, and no doubt he's going to be a popular pickup after what we've seen over the past few days, but um, I'm really not sure how they're going to fit him in here when Marte comes off the disabled list. They have a pretty full outfield, um, and it seems like Marte could be back fairly soon, so it's a tricky spot in, in mixed fantasy leagues, I think, but um, definitely great to see him healthy and producing. I know how long Pirates fans have been waiting for this guy, so I think he's going to be a good one. But uh, I'm really not sure about you know fantasy value. Maybe a, you know a week or two for now. Yeah, I mean we've seen other post type prospects who you know have a down year, lose some of their luster, and then when they reach you know the majors, just hit the ground running because the talent's there. And um, he's had some injuries and. And I, I think the talent's there, but you're right. I mean, Corey Dickerson 
Starling Marte, Gregory Polanco is has been a really good outfield outfield uh, starting group for Pittsburgh. So I, I don't know if there's going to be playing time there moving forward, but sometimes these situations just work themselves out. Yeah, and if the Pirates fall out of the race, maybe they trade Dickerson and Meadows comes up, or you know, yep. there's lots of yep. ways this could play out. He's going to be relevant, uh, you know, second half you know, is what I yep. would think, but. There might be a little bit of time where he has to go back to AAA, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either. Um, we'll get to some more headlines here in a second, but if you love fantasy baseball, you need to try our new favorite app. It's called Draft. It's daily fantasy baseball, but not like those other guys. On Draft, you play live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. Drafts last for just one night, and once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire, just set it and forget it. The best part, play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just $1, so there's really a draft for everyone. Now, from playing this game, it's very tempting to just go with the standard players you'd usually take in a snake draft. Mike Trout, of course. Mookie Betts is a no-brainer. Max Scherzer, absolutely. You want to start him when he's starting. I promise you, you're going to have lineups you're going to feel really good about here, but... What I find the most fun is just trying to find those little competitive edges, whether it's looking for a favorable matchup or maybe lefty-righty splits, ballpark advantages, etc. It all plays into your decision-making on any given day and makes this game both challenging and fun. Join us on Draft today. Just search Draft in your app store or play right from your computer on Draft.com. And for a limited time only, all Roto-World listeners get a free entry into a real-money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code RW. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using promo code RW when you make your first deposit. That's RW for Roto World. Search Draft in your app store today to check it out for yourself. Let's get into some uh, injury situations quickly. There really weren't any like huge ones. I mean, some big names, but nothing like an AJ Pollock type deal where the guy's going to be out for two months. Right. Um, Reds closer Rysel Iglesias was placed on the 10-day DL on Wednesday with a left bicep strain. It, it's to his non-throwing arm, and the move was made retroactive to May 20th. So Iglesias can and should return when first eligible next Wednesday. Uh, we got a good look at who might vulture some saves while Iglesias is sidelined during Thursday afternoon's game between the Reds and Pirates. Uh, Amir Garrett entered in the seventh inning and was looking terrific until the ninth when he gave up a leadoff infield single to Corey Dickerson and then a one-out two-run homer to Austin Meadows, two guys that we've already talked about. Um, Jared Hughes came on from there and got the final two outs and the save. Um, But clearly the intent from Reds interim manager Jim Riggleman was to have Garrett finish the game. Garrett, uh, who started in the rotation last year, has really flourished in relief this season. Even with the two-run homer Thursday, he has a 2.20 ERA, 1.05 whip, and 35 strikeouts in 28 and two-third innings this season. Um, Michael Lorenzen was activated off the disabled list Wednesday after missing the first eight weeks of the season with a shoulder strain, but he'll probably get some lower leverage appearances first before the Reds trust him with a tight lead, and then by then, Iglesias will probably be back. Um, Garrett and Hughes, I think, are, are the guys to own here. Uh, but again, it doesn't sound like Iglesias is going to be out for very long. So I don't know if you're trying to to, to eke out a save before he comes back. Uh, I, I think I would go with Garrett because he, he's been so sharp, even though Hughes got the save uh, on Thursday. Yeah, Garrett also has some value even after Iglesias 
comes back since Garrett's been pitching, you know, multiple innings and piling yeah. up strikeouts. So high upside guy. I like him. I, I grabbed David Hernandez in, in one deeper league that I'm in because he has previous closing experience, but I don't think he's going to be the guy. Yeah. Um, then the Mariners placed American League stolen bases leader D. Gordon on the disabled list Tuesday with a fracture in his right big toe. Gordon might have initially suffered that injury back on May 9th when he fouled a ball off his foot in a game against the Blue Jays, and then he aggravated it in Sunday's series finale against the Tigers while diving for a bloop single. It's apparently a minor fracture, and the Mariners are hopeful that Gordon won't be out for too much longer than 10 days, but for a guy whose game is all about foot speed, you'd have to think all parties involved would, would want him 100% recovered before he returns to live MLB action. Uh, Gordon had just moved from center field back to his old position at second base last weekend and in the wake of Robinson Cano's 80-game PED suspension. Gordon Beckham and Andrew Romine are now sharing time at second. Uh, neither of them are fantasy relevant. Post-hype. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Gordon, yeah, Gordon Beckham like eight years later. <laughs> Um, he, he was fantasy relevant his rookie year. Yeah, that that's was about it. 2009. <laughs> um, if, if you need some temporary speed, I'll mention Gerard Dyson again. We probably talk about him way too much on this podcast, but he's only owned in 3% of Yahoo leagues, and he's one of the fastest, fastest, most aggressive base runners in the majors, even at age 33. Um, locked in every day or, or semi-everyday playing time in Arizona right now with A.J. Pollock out at least another, another month with a fractured thumb and Steven Souza landing back on the disabled list Tuesday with a right pectoral strain. Uh, Souza is another player I should touch on. Uh, he missed the first five weeks of the season after spraining his right pectoral at spring training. Is now looking at another extended absence with um, a, the very kind of the very same injury, I, I guess. Uh, the Diamondbacks say they're going to make sure he's 100 percent before they bring him back this time. So it'll probably be a while. Souza was. Someone I was pretty high on leading into the year, I think a lot of us were, put up a career-high 8-10 OPS with 30 home runs and 16 stolen bases and 148 games last year for the Rays. They traded him to the Diamondbacks this winter in a three-team swap. Um, he's appeared in only 14 games this year for Arizona, batting just 163 with zero homers and one steal. Um, I just dropped him in a 12-team league. Looks like he's probably going to be out through much of June if not after the all-star break. And it also looks like the humidor at Chase Field is working on their power bats. Yeah. Paul Goldschmidt doesn't have a home run at Chase Field this season. 530 OPS at home, 855 OPS away, though his struggles probably go beyond the humidor effect. Yeah, he's just having a hard time making contact, at least yeah. this month. He has hit two homers in the past week, so there, there's something there, but... Yeah, I'm a little worried about Goldschmidt. But um, as for some players who are on their way back from the DL, Greg Bird appears finally on the verge of rejoining the Yankees. It, it could happen as soon as Saturday or Sunday, uh, according to Yankees manager Aaron Boone. I'm still getting used to saying Yankees manager Aaron Boone, by the way. But, um, yeah. of course, Bird had surgery in March to remove a bone spur and a calcium deposit from his right ankle. Uh, he's been on a rehab assignment recently, started out a little slow, but Bird has three homers in his last five games, showing really good patience as well, and, and that's kind of what we were hoping to see from Bird in the majors, power and patience from the left side of the plate. The interesting thing is here, uh, Tyler Austin, he's actually been pretty good during Bird's absence. He's has eight homers and an 832 OPS. Neil Walker has also been much better after a miserable April. He's hitting 318 with a couple of homers and a 979 OPS this month. So 
There's definitely a bit of a log jam here. I think the most likely scenario is we see Bird see most of the at-bats against right-handers with Austin playing against lefties. Austin, who's right-handed, has a 996 OPS against southpaws this year compared to a 717 OPS against righties. So your standard um, platoon makes a lot of sense here. Where that puts Neil Walker, I we'll see. I mean, I suspect maybe some sort of timeshare with Mel, Miguel Andujar, but uh, Andujar is swinging the bat really well, um, but his plate discipline is is pretty shaky. Uh, Andujar has only drawn three walks so far, so he has a two ninety eight on base percentage. Maybe the Yankees think he needs a little more time in the minors. Who knows how that'll shake out. Um Anyway, Bird is the pickup here in mixed leagues. He was still available in 49% of Yahoo leagues as of Thursday afternoon. So I think if he's out there, he's he's probably worth a look. Yeah, especially in leagues that allow for daily lineup changes. You know, he's he's going to start against most right-handers and just the power potential in that lineup. You, you'd think that he might bat sixth, uh, like behind Gary Sanchez, and, and maybe even climb up to fifth, uh, depending on... What D.D. Gregorius does, uh, he was slumping for a bit there. Yeah, he's been he's been pretty rough for him lately. But uh, yeah, a lot of potential in that lineup. A couple other situations of note. Dustin Pedroia appears on track to be activated Friday or Saturday. He's coming off a, a pretty serious uh, procedure on his, la- on his left knee. Uh, last October, he had a cartilage restoration procedure on the knee. But... Um, Pedroia's played five rehab games so far, including one on Thursday with AAA Pawtucket. Uh, the numbers haven't been good. He's uh, one for 17 with three strikeouts and three walks, but most important thing is he feels good. Uh, obviously, they're not going to keep him down there for, for a really long time if he's feeling good. So I'm interested to see what he's going to look like after this type of surgery, but you can usually bank on a useful batting average. He gets on base with a little bit of pop. He's in a good lineup in situation, so... You know, you you just mentioned losing D. Gordon for a while. Robinson Cano has the, the the PED suspension. So, you know, if you're in a deeper league, he's still out there. I think Pedroia is, is worth a look, and we kind of see where this goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where he bats in the lineup. Yeah, um, you know, hit second a lot last year. Has hit second a lot for the last several years. Uh, but you know, the Red Sox have a new manager in Alex Cora. I'd, I'd assume he's going to start a lot lower than second uh, when he comes back. He's, yeah, I mean, that's reasonable yeah. that he could be in the yeah. lower third and then find his way back up to the top. I, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised by that. Um, and just to get us started on some closer talk, Zach Britton of the Orioles continues to make progress uh, coming off that Achilles, uh, ruptured Achilles tendon. Uh, the plan calls for him to begin a minor league rehab assignment on May 30th, so that could be next Wednesday. Uh, Britton has been throwing off a mound for about a month now. Uh, odds are he's going to need several appearances, probably at some point make back-to-back appearances, something like that, uh, before rejoining the Orioles. But if all goes well, he's probably tracking toward a return in a, around mid-June, somewhere in there. Um, Darren O'Day's out with an elbow issue right now, so Brad Brock has been getting the save chances again recently. Um, the Orioles are pretty bad, and uh, <laughs> and Britain's an impending free agent, so... You'd have to think if Britain comes back and he looks good, he looks like his normal self, he's going to be a valuable trade chip for the Orioles. And who knows if he'll be a closer wherever he lands. But obviously he should be stashed wherever he's available. And Britain is available in 51% of Yahoo leagues. That was as of Thursday afternoon. So, you know, take a look. Maybe in some shallow leagues, he might still be out there. Yep. And then, um, I mean, Britain and Brock could both get traded at the deadline. That's true. Yeah. 
We'll see. I, I, I was reading a, an, an article from John Heyman that he they published on Thursday afternoon talking about Manny Machado and um, a person close to the situation said it's only a 50-50 chance that uh, Orioles owner Peter Angelo signs off on trading Machado this hmm. year, which I so, so like me. Maybe even though they're like already twenty games out of first place, maybe they're they're just gonna try to keep the band together for. I have no idea why. I wonder but, if he's paranoid that somehow he'll end up on the Yankees or something. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> it. But he he's probably gonna end up on the Yankees anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I, actually, I think he's going to the Cubs. Me too. If I had to guess, I'd say Cubs. Cubs or Dodgers? Yeah. And the Dodgers are, what, like four games back in the NL West, even though they've been terrible. Yeah, with the way the Diamondbacks have fallen back to the pack, you know, it's 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 wide open. I'm not really convinced by the Giants at all. So, I mean, anything could happen there. Uh, we'll do a little more closer talk. No crazy changes uh, in, on that front this week, but there are some, some notice, noticeable things happening. Uh, Phillies manager Gabe Kapler, who's an advanced metrics advanced thinking kind of guy spoke this spring about using a more matchup based approach to the back end of games, not having a dedicated closer. Hector Neris has been the the primary guy. He has nine saves, but he has a 4.26 ERA and 21 appearances. And I think we're going to see Kapler begin to mix things up a bit, especially with the Phillies looking like a real challenger for a spot in the postseason. Adubre Ramos earned his first save of the season on May 13th. Has a 0.96 ERA and 22 strikeouts in 18 and two-third innings this season. I think he's someone worth grabbing in, in fantasy leagues. And also, Sir Anthony Dominguez. Love that guy. Yeah, his, and has quickly won over Kapler's trust uh, since he was called up from AAA Lehigh Valley on May 7th. He worked one and a third perfect innings in Wednesday's big win of, over the Braves, who, who the Phillies are battling right now at the top of the NL East. Has allowed just one hit and zero runs through his first nine major league innings this season. Um, 23 years old. Has future closer type stuff. And um, I think Kapler's the kind of guy that's not going to worry about age or experience. And just going to worry about stuff. And he has he has the stuff. Um, so he's also worth adding. Um, I, I think maybe maybe even more than Ramos. Yeah, he has nasty stuff. Just got moved to the bullpen this year, so that accelerated the, the timetable for him to come up to the majors. But, man, just nasty movement, throws high 90s. Stash him if you can. I think he's going to be a name to watch. Even if it doesn't happen this year as far as closer uh, or for save chances, uh, I like him a lot. Um, another situation, the Angels. I feel like we're going to be talking about the Angels' closer situation every week probably to the end of the season, but uh, just a quick update with uh, Keenan Middleton done for the year after Tommy John surgery. Blake Parker has notched the most recent two saves for the Angels. Definitely wasn't easy for him Wednesday against the Blue Jays. He he nearly blew it, and uh, he would have blown it if it wasn't for a great throw from Cole Calhoun, uh, which nailed Curtis Granderson at home plate. It would have been the tying run. Uh, still, Parker finished last season in the closer role, and he was on a nice run prior to Wednesday's appearance. He hadn't allowed an earned run since April 27th prior to Wednesday, so safe to say he's the guy to own here. Parker's still available in over half of Yahoo leagues, but probably shouldn't be at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's got that uh, sinking fastball working again. He's had a really good like last four weeks. Yep. Um, so you could see him running away with it. I could also see him getting blown up, and we're talking about a new guy next week. 
Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then Brad Ziegler, uh, still getting save chances in Miami, earned his ninth of the season on Wednesday against the Mets, and depressing. is actually yeah, yeah, <laughs> and is actually nine for nine in save opportunities this year, but has a six point five five ERA in, in twenty two total appearances. Um, and I think you're going to want to be ready for when he does finally blow one, because I'm guessing there will be a quick pivot to Kyle Bearclaw who's currently owned in 23% of Yahoo leagues. I think a, definitely a worthy stash, even though the Marlins are terrible. Um, there will be save chances there for him. Bearclaw has a 1.59 ERA, 26 strikeouts in 22 innings this season. Should definitely be the guy um, who's next in line over Drew Steckenrider, who we liked coming into the year, but has struggled so far. Um, I guess the idea with keeping Ziegler in, in the closer role right now is that he like might, accrue some trade value but i like just don't see that happening like who who is going to give up anything legitimate for a 37 what is he i think he's 38 now 38 year old reliever he's he's like a a low leverage reliever at this point i don't even know if you'd want him on your roster as a contending team yeah maybe you'd want him for like a situation where you need a ground ball but certainly not someone you want in like a really super high leverage spot i think at this point in his career so um, we're going to talk about some weekend streamers or in next week streamers here in a second, but first, uh, a few quick words about a couple of prominent struggling bats. Um, I'll get us started with Reese Hoskins, someone we loved a lot coming into the year and, and still, still like, um, he got off to a pretty nice start. He was actually hitting 346 with a 495 on base percentage, four homers, 19 RBIs through his first 25 games this season, but it's gotten pretty ugly for him over the past month. He's hitting 136 with 31 strikeouts and 94 plate appearances over his last 22 games. Just two homers, 11 walks in that time, 504 OPS. Um, just a quick look. I was looking at fan graphs before doing the show here. And during this this segment of time, 22 games, it's a small sample, but uh, he's been swinging at more pitches outside the strike zone and just swinging more in general. So I'm obviously not a scout, and I looked at this really quickly, like five minutes. But um, this is definitely a game of adjustments. So maybe pitchers have adjusted to him. Maybe there's a little bit of a book on him, and maybe he's pressing a little bit now that he's struggling and Mm -hmm. it started turning into something more than a five-game thing. So I think things that, you know, something that should give fantasy owners some confidence is that Hoskins was never like an all-or-nothing type of slugger in the minors. Um his strikeout rate peaked in the low 20s, 20%, 21% basically in 2016 in, in AA, I believe. Um, he was at 15.8% in AAA last year, nearly had as many walks as he did strikeouts. So this is clearly someone who has a good idea of the strike zone. Uh, and you have to think he'll work his way out of it. And also, it's, like I said, it's just 22 games and he's only 97 games into his major league career. So he hasn't even played a full season yet. Um you know, I like the ballpark for him. Uh, I like the Phillies lineup. So I wouldn't panic here at all. I, I, I would just give him a little bit of time. I think it's just a bad stretch. Yeah, in those 97 games, you know, a 9-12 OPS, 24 homers, 75 RBIs. Uh, I trust the larger sample. I, I think he's a, a really special hitter. Um and I, I just think he's in a rut, and mm-hmm. I think he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the Marcelo Zuna situation in St. Louis has gone from bad to worse. Uh, he overslept for Wednesday afternoon's series finale against the Royals and was scratched by a manager's, manager's decision as a result. 
Um, the Cardinals actually had to send someone to Ozuna's apartment to wake him up, and oh, he, he, he didn't arrive at Bush Stadium until after the game had started. Yikes. Um, yeah, maybe he thought it was a, a night game or something. He said he just slept through his alarms. I don't know. It's it's a really bad look for a guy who's batting 253 with a 626 OPS and three home runs and 43 games this year. The Cardinals invested multiple top prospects in a $9 million arbitration negotiated salary into him this offseason. Um, Cardinals manager Mike Matheny said Azuna was deeply apologetic about the tardiness, and he said the team's simply going to move on, no punishment. Ozuna was actually in the on-deck circle in the ninth inning Wednesday, so you know they, they, they didn't fully bench him from the entire game. Uh, this will probably be water under the bridge, but the offensive struggles remain a real concern. He had an amazing year in Miami in 2017, but you know, that's kind of an outlier for his career at this point, at least in terms of the rate stats, uh, the OPS. Uh, he, he, he had showed power before, but, you know, not 37 homer power like he put up last year. You definitely don't drop him uh, because he's still batting cleanup, and, and the potential is there for big-time production over the final four months of the season. Uh, may, maybe this incident is going to fuel him or something like that. Uh, I'll go with that narrative. He still hit the ball pretty hard, just like yep. looking at like the hard hit rate, exit velocity, like that all checks out. Like, I think he probably deserves a little better than than what his numbers have shown so far. But I mean, no doubt he's been a disappointment. Um, but yeah, I think you just stick it out and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't drop him because you know, he he could be like a guy that hits twenty five home runs and and racks. He's still racking up RBIs because he's hitting cleanup, even though he's struggling and. Cardinals, you know, Mike Matheny said he plans on keep keeping him in the cleanup spot, even if after this incident. So th- they need him. I mean, the the lineup is is not deep. They haven't got much offense at all this year. Uh, they're they're kind of just relying on their rotation depth, with the, which is great. Uh, but they, they've got some bats that they need to get going. And just before we get into these streamers, uh, there was that report that MLB released on Thursday about the ball. And, you know, there's been so much discussion about a juiced baseball. Uh, I didn't get a, you know, much of a chance to read the whole thing um, this afternoon. But um, it seems like they're saying the the baseball isn't juiced, but it's traveling or flying differently than it than it has in the past. Is that kind of what we can take away from it? Yeah, I kind of skimmed the the report. Um, I I did a post for it on Hardball Talk, which people can read. Um, It's. It's basically they don't know. The ball is different. It's flying different. It's more aerodynamic. But the seams are the same. The core is the same. Um, so they can't really figure out what the, what changed. And they commissioned 10 independent scientists from MIT, Caltech, Stanford, you know, three of the top universities in the world uh, to, to run these studies on, on the baseballs. And they found that it's just it's a smoother baseball. Um, and so it flies through the air. Uh, just much more aerodynamically. And it has nothing to do with the weather they found. Um, The scientists said the launch angle thing is overrated in terms of the uptick in home runs. Right. Um, It's, it's just when the ball is put in the air, it is, it is going. Um, And I mean, the the conclusion that they came to is we don't know why this is. And the best thing we can come up with is that it's advancements in manufacturing at Rawlings baseball plants. Um, where oh, they, it's all where they make, you know, fault. Yeah, yeah. Just put it on someone else. I, I don't know. It's it's a it's an interesting topic that sometimes is a bit over my head. 
Yeah. Um, but it, you know the ball is flying better, and I, I mean, there have been studies that the, that the seam have said that. I think Justin Verlander said that in the World Series last year. Um, but you know, that was found to be not entirely accurate. It's just the, the ball is is smoother. Um, it, it's not as rough. And you know maybe Rawlings installed some new machine that is just you know you know making the balls much smoother. I, I don't I don't know. As I used to rub you know dirt on baseballs for our varsity baseball team in high school, and I I know that the teams do that too. So I, I maybe it's the mud. <laughs> maybe maybe we, maybe we should blame the mud that they're rubbing on baseballs. Did you know that? All, I don't know. Did you know that all the mud that base that Major League Baseball uses is from like some random bay in Delaware or something? Yeah, you ever hear yeah, that? yep, yep. Um, but one thing I heard on Twitter, I, I don't know if this is something that's a serious proposal, is that maybe there will be humidors installed in every stadium. Yeah, I mean the report like put forth some ideas, uh, but I don't I don't think anyone's going to go for that. Kind of like the last uh, quote in the report was like, uh, you guys can make changes if you want, or maybe some people like this. Maybe yeah. some people like a lot of dingers. Yeah. Yeah, that maybe this is just how it's going to be. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think something about baseball needs to change, at least as far as how much action is in the game. Yeah. I think we're, we're kind of at a tipping point as far as the ball being put into play. Um, so I, I expect, you know, this is something that will be continue to be looked at, whether it's something maybe needs to change with the strike zone, something like that, but, but clearly something I think needs to change. And I think a lot of it came from what we saw during the world series last year, which was like a compelling world series, but at the same time, like sort of ridiculous. Yeah. It's a strikeout, a walk or a Homer, like, you know, 40% of the time, um, or maybe more than that. So finally, streamers for the weekend. Uh, I'll get us started with two options. Uh, the first, Julius Chassin with the Brewers. He gets the Mets on Sunday. The Mets have scored the third fewest runs in the majors this season. Really struggling this month, especially minus Cespedes and Todd Frazier. So great matchup there. Chassin has allowed two earned runs or fewer in four straight starts. Another one, Trevor Cahill with the Athletics. He gets the struggling Diamondbacks on Sunday. Cahill had that minor elbow issue earlier this month, but appears to be fine now. Looked really good against the Mariners last time out. Showing good control, inducing grounders. Uh, still getting swings and misses. Didn't really translate to strikeouts in his last two starts, but still getting those swings and misses. I like him against an Arizona offense, which is really struggling to put runs on the board right now. So two guys out there in a lot of mixed leagues. Give him a shot. Uh, Daniel Gossett w- was demoted to the minors on April 7th after struggling badly over his first two starts this season with the A's, but he went down to AAA Nashville and put up a 1.63 ERA with 42 strikeouts and 38 innings, got called back up for Wednesday's game against the Mariners, um, allowed just one unearned run on four hits over seven impressive innings, struck out five, issued just one walk, Uh, With the injuries and uncertainty in the A's rotation, Gossett can run away with this spot now. Uh, He's lined up to face the Rays on Monday at Tropicana Field. Um, The Rays currently rank 21st in runs scored. Gossett is owned in under 1% of Yahoo leagues at the moment. I know it's not a streamer for for this week, but but for next week, uh, he's someone that I would add. He could be a two-star guy. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Ross Stripling uh, is starting for the Dodgers on Friday night against the Padres. This podcast usually comes out early Friday morning, so it might be too late if you're in a league that doesn't allow for immediate ads. Um, but I'm in some that do. 
Uh, he's owned in only 20%, 27% of Yahoo leagues and has, has been fantastic this season. 2.08 ERA, 40 to 9 strikeout to walk ratio in 34 innings. Stripling joined the, the Dodgers rotation three weeks ago after working in the bullpen for a while. Beat the Nationals in his last start with nine strikeouts over six innings of one-run ball. No walks, just four hits allowed. Uh, looks like he'll be starting for a while with Clayton Kershaw and Rich Hill out through much of June. Hunjin Ryu out through the All-Star break. And then Walker Bueller facing a workload limit might, might uh, you know, start scaling back his, his workload uh, as we reach mid-June, late June. I like Stripling too. He's a, he's a really solid pickup and has sustained value, you know, beyond this weekend for sure. Yep. Um, all right. So that will do it for this week. If you like what you're hearing with this show, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. And please rate and review if you get the chance. It's a quick and easy way to support the show. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Silve. And we'll see you next time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.